Hello there, this is State Senator David Gallegos from uh, District 41, which uh, has uh, Eddie and Lee County, the very southeast part of the state. I was going to tell you, I was here in Santa Fe, and I've got a gentleman with me that's got a lot of knowledge on uh, produce water. So we had a meeting here with the Energy Council here in Santa Fe, and it's uh, legislators from all over the, uh, I'd say the western states, anyone that's got uh, production, and they came here to have discussion uh, about, you know, what's good for, for energy. But today we had a gentleman that had a topic that really came to mind. First off, did not know he was raised in Hobbs, New Mexico, which is an add-on for me because uh, I work in Hobbs. Uh, but uh, I wanted to visit with, his name's Mike Hightower, and I'm wanting to give you some information and let him visit with us about how important produced water is, what they've already done with their consortium, and some ideas we have going forward. So, Mike, I appreciate you coming uh, here to Santa Fe. And uh, would you be able to give us your name and uh, title? So, yeah, I'm Mike Hightower. I'm the program director for the New Mexico Produced Water Research Consortium. It is a, a coordinated effort between the New Mexico Environment uh, Department and New Mexico State University. And so we operate uh, through New Mexico State, but for the New Mexico Environment Department department as part of um, the new uh, House Bill 546, um, which is called the Produced Water Act. In that act uh, in 2019, um, the responsibility for the, the reuse of produced water outside the oil and gas sector was uh, turned over to the uh, New Mexico Environment Department from a regulatory um, and uh, public policy perspective. So they asked New Mexico State to support them in looking at the science and technology needs uh, to address fit-for-purpose reuse of produced water um, and opportunities to, to do that and the uh, research needed to uh, try to make that a reality for different applications in the state of New Mexico. So we're working with uh, about 90 different organizations, including state agencies, uh, environmental groups, NGOs, producers, midstream companies, uh, consultants, and technology providers to identify uh, technologies that we think could support the treatment and reuse of produced water for applications outside oil and gas, which would include um, Agriculture, uh, rangeland rehabilitation, uh, construction and industrial applications, as well as maybe compact delivery requirements for the state um, and uh, other applications, commercial and maybe in the future, even municipal supply augmentation. So we're hoping through the consortium and the some 90 groups and 200 technical people that participate with us that we can develop over the course of the next couple of years some technologies uh, and evaluate those technologies that can be implemented through um, through the New Mexico Environment Department that would be protective of human health in the environment uh, while also supplying the state of New Mexico with additional new water resources and allow us to utilize um, treated produced water instead of fresh water so that we can save our fresh water supplies for other 
important applications. Yeah, so that's that's the focus. Uh, we've been working for about a year. We have another couple of years to go. We're in the process right now this summer uh, of 2021 of uh, evaluating some technologies that we've uh, looked at and the consortium has agreed to support. Uh, and we're hoping that by the end of this year, we'll have uh, identified some potential technologies that are cost-effective and effective uh, in uh, utilizing produced water. And, and hopefully next year, uh, once we present this to the New Mexico Environment Department, they have a chance to review it, that we'll be able to look at some pilot demonstrations and pilot applications where we can look at the treatment and reuse of treated produced water. Well, and I appreciate that. And and today at that meeting, when I heard you to go backwards a little bit, we've been Larry Scott or Representative Larry Scott from Lee County. He and I have been working with different groups on trying to resolve this uh, fresh water issue because for our part of the state, I, I've even talked to the uh, people from Israel on some of the technology they have because they're as arid and dry as we are. But, uh, you know, so the topics come up time and time again. And this group I was working with, when they saw your name attached to this meeting today, they got very excited. They were coming down. There were six of them coming down. Uh, one of the ladies hurt her uh, foot, and so they weren't able to come. But in, in the discussions, we kept trying to figure out who would we go to to try to get a broader sense of the water issue. And so today, and I appreciate it, I'm going to ask you just a few questions. One of the things you brought up uh, in your presentation today, because the way produced water is, it has a high, high saline amount. And I was wondering if you could explain that to the viewers, because to me that seems to be one of the biggest problems is if you clean up the produced water, uh, you end up with tons and tons of of salt. And I just, uh, I, I like the way you brought it out and, and in parts per million and, and uh, explained it. And I thought that would be really good for our viewers, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Let me, let me talk about two things. One is the quantity of produced water and then the quality. So the reason that there's so much excitement about produced water, in, including from the US EPA as part of their water reuse action plan, is that um, we generate in the United States some 2.5 billion gallons of produced water a day. Wow. Um, now, not every state has uh, oil and gas production, but the states that do have oil and gas production, um, that's a large amount of water that could be used for beneficial uses um, for applications. The quantity that we're looking at for the state of New Mexico potentially is as much as one to two billion, <coughs> excuse me, one to two million gallons of water a day of excess produced water that currently is disposed of down hole, um, never to be seen again. And just to put that in perspective, the produced water at one to two million barrels a day is about 40 to 80 million gallons a day. Oh. The city of Albuquerque uses, consumes about, um, or uses about 50 million gallons a day. So we're talking about two Albuquerque's worth of water that if treated could be utilized for other uses. And that's why it's uh, very important for a state like New Mexico, where you're in an arid environment and climate issues, and we're in an arid cycle, uh, probably another 20 or 30 years of, of below average rainfall, that um, an, an extra five or six million 
gallons of water a day can go a long way. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a large quantity. So it makes sense to, to look at that. The problem that we've always had with produced water is that it's comes from deep within the earth. It's generally associated with old seabeds and therefore is often very brackish. Um, brackish means salty. In some cases, it can be as salty as seawater. Uh, and in some cases, it can be five and six times saltier than seawater. Hmm. That's that's pretty saline. Uh, you can't use it directly. Uh, you'll kill the soil if you try to use it directly. So you're going to have to look at treatment. What we would like to do is treat the water to a quality that um, it's commensurate with other water resources, uh, either groundwater resources or surface water resources like the Pecos River or the Rio Grande River of those qualities. Or in northwestern New Mexico, maybe of a quality that would be similar to the San Juan or Animas Rivers. To, so to do that, what we have to do is desalination. We have to desalinate that water, uh, that brackish produced water, to make it uh, usable. Um, in the past, the cost of desalination had been very, very high. But in the last two decades, uh, that cost has come down a significant amount. The other thing that has happened with produced water is that the cost of disposal of produced water has gone uh -huh. up. So we're seeing the cost of uh, desal coming down cost of produced water disposal going up. And we're at a point now where it's actually um, cost effective to treat even this highly saline produced water to uh, something on the order of 1,000 or 2,000, 3,000 parts per million total dissolved solids or salts, uh, which is very close to being equivalent to the types of water qualities we see in the Pecos River or some of the, the brackish groundwaters or the groundwaters that we see within southeastern New Mexico and northwestern New Mexico. So I think that what we see from the consortium's perspective is there's a large quantity of water that's available. Um, it's of a quality that we can treat uh, cost effectively and reduce uh, disposal costs and uh, make it economical for reuse. Uh, one of the things that always comes to play when you have uh, uh, salty water to treat, you're always left with a concentrate that is um, high salinity, very high salinity uh, salts. So you either have to look at ways to utilize those salts or ways to handle those salts and dispose of them or uh, ways to uh, recover the salts and, and use uh, develop uh, minerals and um, materials out of the salts. Uh, so we're looking at all those options. And one of the things that is um, on a lot of people's minds right now is to take the brackish water and to recover as much water as we can, keep it in a liquid form, uh, concentrate the salts in a liquid form and dispose of it down hole. And if you do that, what you have is you've recovered anywhere from 60 to 75 percent of the produced water. The rest of the water you can either put down hole, salt water disposal well, or continue to remove um, some of the additional water and use the concentrated salts for minerals or uh, other processes. One of the typical approaches is a, um, it's called a chloralkali approach. It uses salts to create uh, acid 
hydrochloric acid and bases that are used in a lot of industries, including the oil and gas industry. So we may be able to make a economic um, industry around that salt to actually utilize in the oil and gas industry. So those are the, some of the things that we are looking at. We have companies involved with the consortium that are trying to recycle the salt. We've got companies that are looking at recycling the, the clear, clean water. Uh, we're looking at companies that would uh, uh, pull precious metals and, and precious minerals out of the, the, the salts and utilize those. So we're looking at all those options. And with the economics changing on the treatment uh, and the large quantities that we're having of, of produced water. So we've got large scales that, that we can have and much more cost-effective processes. And that, uh, that, that gets you to a point where you're really looking at some very cost-effective potential solutions to treating and reusing this produced water. To resolve the issue, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, one of the discussions, I just wanted to go there a little bit, is I think you'd made in your presentation that there was a possibility of using it for even potash mines. in the Because there in the southeast, we have a lot of, that goes back to some of the problem with even the water going down the Pecos River being salinated already is because of the amount of potash we have. Uh, would the potash mine take it in a liquid form? Or would it have to be a dry form? So uh, we're we're having some discussions with the potash industry. Um, there is some solution mining going on in the Carlsbad area, and they're interested in looking at options that they're pursuing. Uh, probably don't want to go into too much detail about it, but they they generally are are looking for a a highly saline brine. To use as part of their solution mining so there are options there and what i like about that that shows a crossover to other industry so it wouldn't be just oil and gas and uh, no, that that gives us an opportunity to find another use for it right and i think in many cases we're looking for uses that maybe are industrial applications that could create jobs and industries in in uh, southeast new mexico northwest new mexico um, other options, uh, as I mentioned, um, agriculture, rangeland rehabilitation, um, and source water augmentation. So, uh, one of the things that we have a problem with in New Mexico is, uh, as we pass water to Texas to meet the compact, a lot of, uh, the fresh water we have in the Pecos goes through Malaga Bend. Malaga Bend is a very brackish, uh, area. It picks up a lot of salts, um, so when we push water through there, it always ends up with really high TDS that we're providing Texas. And that's not necessarily good for, for Texas farmers. Um, one of the good things about produced water is uh, a lot of the produced water activities are below Malaga Bend. And we have uh, members of the consortium that have uh, processing facilities and handling facilities below Malaga Bend, such that if we treated the water, what we would be doing is uh, providing the water at a treatment level commensurate with what you would have in New Mexico, which would mean that it hadn't gone through Malaga Bend. It's actually higher quality than the water coming through yeah. Malaga Bend out of the Pecos. Um, my interactions with uh, Texas have been that they'd be more than happy to <laughs> accept all of that better water. It's going to improve the 
water quality. Uh, it'll improve the water quantity in the Pecos. Uh, it allowed you know New Mexico to meet our water compact delivery requirements at even a higher quality than we're doing today. So there's a lot of options and potential benefits for not only the state of New Mexico, but also for the state of Texas. And it's one of the reasons that we have uh, state of Texas is involved in, in reviewing our work. Um, the Bureau of Land Management is involved with us, uh, NMED, the New Mexico Department of Health, um, as well as state engineer are all interested in following this research and these activities to make sure that we can make the best use of, of this produced water for the state of New Mexico in, in many ways, um, industrial, commercial, uh, as well as uh, compact delivery. Well, that's great because early on we were talking about trying to make this a better New Mexico with the fresh water. But if it goes downstream now, actually helps Texas out also. But you look at it, we're in a lawsuit right now over the compact. And this may be a resolution that would help New Mexico and New Mexicans get out of that lawsuit and just regain our numbers with the compact. Uh, Texas is very bright. They When they set the compact in place, they actually um, let New Mexico pay for the evaporation. And they, even though, you know, we've got some pretty hot days right now, I don't think that's our fault. No. But they, they, they calculated that in. Yeah. They're very bright, whoever made that compact. But it this would help us uh, to resolve that. And and I think that takes a lot of weight, financial weight, or even you know just some of the process weight off the state of New Mexico so that way we can get that re- resolved and find other uses here in our state. Like you say, uh, agriculture. I know if we had clean water that they could use, there's so many. You, you look at some of these um, – these irrigated fields now where they're used to having two or three or four uh, irrigation cycles of four inches. Now they're required to have one because the water is so short. Uh, I wish there was a way we could get it to like the hatch or yeah, a Masia, yeah. yeah. So across the state, but you know, that could be a, a fact later in life because of the quantity of water that we're putting down holes. So, but this with what you guys are doing and other people are looking into, it will at least give us an opportunity um, you'd stated earlier that we put it down hole, never be seen again. This would give a reuse mm-hmm. that we can get beneficial use for the state and for our residents. So, um, like I say, I really appreciated your meeting this morning. It, it was just one of those things, just such an eye opener. Uh, we've had this discussion forever. What do we do with this uh, water? And I brought up Will Palmer. He's a gentleman from Lee County that looked at this years and years ago. He passed away and that sort of went by the wayside. But at that time, there are two problems. And that bill that you were talking about in 19 resolved some of that is if he cleaned it up, then it became property of the state of New Mexico at his expense. Now the cost has come down. It's uh, doable. And now with that bill, we actually have the opportunity to make sure that someone gets benefit for all the work that they do. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. I uh, did wonder if you had, um, to me, any of the thoughts on, uh, you talked earlier about uh, the how many acre feet it would be that we would be able to recover. Uh, do you remember those numbers that you gave in your, your meeting? Sure. Uh, if you're talking about the Pecos River, yes, uh, as an example, and I'll just mention on the Pecos River right now to meet the compact delivery for the Pecos River, because we've had a number of drought years, the state of New Mexico is pumping fresh groundwater 
out of the Artesia Carlsbad basin. basin in between Artesia and, and Carlsbad. And they had to follow a lot of farmland to do that. Now, if we could uh, generate enough uh, treated produced water to offset that, then we wouldn't have to have followed that land and we could put maybe that agricultural land back, back into, use. And into production. And so there's uh, some options there. So just real quickly, um, we're looking at about a million uh, barrels to 2 million barrels a day. And uh, at about 10,000 barrels a day uh, is, is about uh, an acre foot water wow so um only ten thousand so if we use ten thousand and that's so that's uh less than one one percent of or one percent of of the water um we could add a uh an acre foot a day easily to compact delivery that's 360 to 500 acre feet a year so if we use 10,000 20,000 50,000 we could be providing somewhere between five and four and five acre feet a day. Uh, that's a thousand acre feet a year, 2000 acre feet a year. Um, that's, that's a large it's amount of water, water, uh, to meet compact delivery, to try to offset our deficit that we have. And that's fresh groundwater that we would save every day, uh, to be used in the state of New Mexico for New Mexico jobs and New Mexico, um, economic development. That's a potentially a, a big deal. So in thinking about that fallow land, uh, I used to have a ranch in Colorado and we used to do a secular watering. So I understand what it is to flood. And you talk that that many acre feet of water, whether it's in the Rio Grande or in the Pecos for us, it'd be the Pecos. But I, I can see this being value statewide if we had production, like you said, in Farmington area, it, it could get into uh uh, it's downstream of the Navajo, so it'd have to be in San Juan. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. And that, that becomes uh, almost, and I think uh, Floor Leader Townsend mm-hmm. said this earlier, that uh, at that point or at some point, water can be as valuable as the oil. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty incredible. And we have some, some produced water areas uh, between Albuquerque and the San Juan that are not big basins. But you need to remember that um, that area is 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 part of um, uh, the Navajo Reservation. Navajo Reservation um, is is really short of fresh water supplies, so um, we have some tests going on right now with uh, produced water from that area that is very treatable, very high quality water, um, almost of drinking water quality after it's treated, uh, and could be utilized to, to support um, some of the, you know, tribal organizations that currently have stress over water supplies. And I don't know if you've been to the Navajo Reservation, but I mean, a lot of people drive 50 and 75 miles a day to, yeah, to haul water. And uh, if we can do uh, treatment of this water to support uh, families like that in areas that they don't have access to other supplies, then I think we've done a job for the state of New Mexico, for the Department of Health, uh, for the uh, for the social benefit of a lot of New Mexicans that would not have water any other way. So I think we have uh, opportunities for industrial applications. We have opportunities for agricultural applications, and 
we have opportunities for public health public use. and public use opportunities that um, you wouldn't have otherwise, because there's no way that that the Navajo Nation can go in and, and drill seven and 8,000 foot deep wells to get access to this water and treat it. Whereas the oil companies, by the fact that there's oil there, uh, can make the money that's required and treat that water and make it available. So there are a number of potential opportunities on a number of different levels that I think we want to uh, try to evaluate and address. And, you know, bottom line, the goal is uh, anything that's wet, that looks like water, shouldn't be considered and disposed of. It, we ought to be looking at it as an, a, a natural resource, right. a resource for a state that's an arid state, and, and use it for the public good in, in as many ways as we can. Well, and I like the ideas with what you're doing. Um, typically, New Mexico's thought last in everything. I mean, education, I mean, we're high in crime, but uh, in all the uh, the measurements, we always get a black eye. If we're able to resolve this, I could see North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Texas. There are other people that would be looking at this opportunity or option mm -hmm. because it uh, we have a lot of other areas. You look Pennsylvania and places like mm -hmm. that, that they probably have as much or similar amounts of uh, the brackish water. But uh, I just appreciate you. Uh, I was very excited at the meeting this morning, uh, you being able to come talk to us because there's just, uh, this gives us hope that there's a chance we can do that water, reuse it, put it to good beneficial use for all of New Mexico mm -hmm. and, and beyond. I just think that's really great. And I just wanted to bring up that um, the EPA, US EPA has developed um, a new program called the, the National Water Reuse Action Plan. It is focused on um, addressing some of the water scarcity across the U.S. And produced water is one of the five major areas. And they've selected uh, our consortium and the Groundwater Protection Council out of Oklahoma to lead the produced water activities and research activities for the, for the U.S. So I feel very excited that EPA chose us to work with because uh, their comment to me was, your New Mexico is trying to lead the country in produced water re, uh, reuse, and with the the new uh, produced water act, it sets up a regulatory uh, and use framework that I think most people are comfortable with. That's logical, um, and if we collect that data correctly, um, we can move toward the utilization of this water. I think. The EPA is excited about that opportunity. They think that we're ahead of everybody else. And so we won't, won't be last. We'll be That's first in, uh, in the produced water and see if we can't um, develop it and put this to a fit-for-purpose uses outside oil and gas. And we're working closely with the Groundwater Protection Council. Uh, we're working closely with the state of Oklahoma, state of Texas, and state of Arizona to try and make sure that we're doing this correctly. Um, I, Texas just started a produced water consortium similar to ours. We've already had interactions with them. They've been working with us. I think it's going to look a lot like what we're doing. I think we're going to be able to leverage, um, our efforts and their efforts. Of course, the Permian Basin and the Delaware Basin are kind of transboundary. Right. They, they cross that barbed wire fence that is called the state line. Uh, 
And so we have a lot of things in common. Um, that's being run out of Texas Tech. We get along very well with uh, New Mexico Tech and Texas Tech are two universities that are very similar land grant type universities with agricultural uh, interests and industrial interests. So um, we're excited to be working with them. We're excited to be working with EPA. And I think uh, as we move forward, um, our uh, support from industry and from the regulatory agencies, uh, the federal agencies and the environmental groups and, and NGOs has been um, unbelievably good. We have everybody at the table. I think as we make progress, it's going to be easier because they're all involved up front to get acceptance uh, and to move forward. Um, so I, we're, I hope we're facilitating these technical interactions and then the policy and regulatory requirements that uh, are come behind and actually have to be in place for us to start using this correctly. But I think we've got it set up. I'm looking forward to it and I'm happy to make sure when we'll be having public meetings around the state uh, later on this year uh, and over the next several years to, to bring people up to speed. Um, we'll advertise those on our website. Um, the website is uh, HTTPS colon backslash nmpwrc.nmsu.edu. Uh, you can go to our website and see when we're having our public meetings, uh, get background information. Um, so so they, we have an opportunity for the people to get educated on, on where we're at and, and where we're going. Uh, and hopefully we can have them come out and, and see us at our, our public meetings that we have on our uh, educational opportunities. We'll be holding them at, uh, our intent is to hold them at university affiliates or junior colleges like New Mexico Junior College and Hobbs or Carlsbad campus of NMSU or uh, San Juan College, um, Four Corners area, um, CNM in, in uh, Albuquerque or, or New Mexico State Las Cruces as people uh, are interested in, in hearing about this. Uh, and, you know, we can go to Eastern New Mexico if people in Roosevelt County are, yeah. are interested. And uh, so we're trying to make sure that we get the information out. Um, the data that we have is available to the public and that people can get an understanding that we're trying to uh, address the water treatment in a way that's protective of both human and environmental health and safety. And uh, we always need input on how people think we're doing and, and anything that they see that we're missing. We're working very closely with US EPA on some of these um, risk assessment and um, public health and safety issues, uh, trying to use the most recent and, uh, approaches within the country. And hopefully we'll be state of the art as far as our treatment processes and our uh, risk assessments and pr protecting public health and safety. So. Well, I appreciate okay. I was going to tell you during your presentation, I did go to your website and it's easily accessed and it's very well done. I was listening. Oh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but I was just wanting to find okay. if I could find it. But uh, no, uh, there again, I, I really congratulate you. I, I'd be happy whenever you come to Lee County uh, for you to come back home to Holland. Yeah, I think it'd be really good for them to see. I, I, we take pride when one of ours leaves the nest and comes back better. And, and for this to be such an important topic for Southeast New Mexico right now, but right at the state line, we have, they're pumping water from Texas into New Mexico 
one day, uh, Aubrey Dunn, who's our land commissioner, the one prior to mm-hmm. Garcia Richards, was wanting to uh, put a register there. That as it came in, we got revenue. <laughs> because right now, it's it's sort of like that Permian Basin is looked at as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's not Texas and New Mexico. No, it's the Permian Basin. Yeah. Yeah. And so they don't mind running water over to where their needs are mm-hmm. without any kind of thought on, well, that's a state line. Yeah. But uh, it, it's really good for me to meet you today. Like I say, I, I think we've got a friendship started uh, when we get a chance to bring you back to Lee County. I think it's going to be good for all of New Mexico with what you guys are doing. And uh, For you guys to be ahead of the game, instead of behind, uh, I was shocked today, pleasantly. Yeah. Uh, when when your name came up in Hobbs, uh, the young lady, uh, Trisha, that brought it up, she says, you know who he is? No. But your name already brought through, uh, the, in, in their world, uh, a thought on water production okay. and Good. clean water. So you've already set the ground game and ground rules down, so people wanting to learn and, and mimic what you guys are doing so that way we can get this resolved and mm-hmm. Uh, support the rest of the state of New Mexico well, instead of pushing it down holes. Anytime, anytime the state legislature needs us to come and talk, we'll be more than happy. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> we want to provide the state legislature with as much quality information as you guys need, and we're happy to do that. And anything that we can do to help you and help the state of New Mexico, we're interested in doing. Well, thank you for that. And I'll take them up on that uh, here in Santa Fe. We're always looking for people that have really good ideas or really good intent for our state. And I think we found that today. So I want to thank you. I hope this wasn't too long, but I think it's a very important topic for the state of New Mexico. And we look forward to working with him to be able to resolve our water issues. The state Senator Dave Gallegos, thank you for your time and for your day.